Hey guys, and welcome to the Money Podcast. There's an old investing joke that goes like this. How do you make a million dollars on Wall Street? That's easy, you start with two million. And lately, that's no joke. <laughs> As of late May, the S&P 500 is down 17% this year, and the tech-heavy NASDAQ is down 27%. One of the worst starts to the year in 50 years. But if the way to make money is to buy low and sell high, then maybe this is the time to get in. As investing legend Warren Buffett is fond of saying, be fearful when others are greedy, and greedy when others are fearful. People are scared to death these days, so is it time to start buying, or should you wait to see if things fall even further? That's what we're going to try to figure out today. I'm your host, Stacey Johnson. I'm here with my co-host, Miranda Marquit. Hey, Miranda. Hey, Stacey. What's up? Well, not the market. Well, actually, it is up today, but generally speaking, no. And we also have with us our producer and novice investor, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. Hey, guys. Waiting for that bottom. That's what we're doing. Let's get the ball rolling, but first, a quick disclaimer. Should we discuss specific investments in this show, and we probably will, don't take them as recommendations because they're not recommendations. Before you invest in anything, you've got to do your own research. You've got to make your own decisions. Now, let's get to it. Let, let's start. We've done this many times before, but let's start with describing why the market is down this year. Do you want to take a stab at that, Miranda? Um, I mean, I think there's just a lot of uncertainty happening right now, right? The market's been up for a while. Well, there's a lot of things, right? There's uncertainty, but also we've had a really long bull market. We've had this long run. So, I mean, we're looking at natural cycles anyway. Naturally, we're going to be having down times. And right now, just things are really uncertain. We've got inflation. People expect more interest rate hikes. We've got wars. And we've got so there's just high a lot gasoline prices, right? Yeah, high gasoline prices, babies like there's just a lot of baby formula shortages. There's just a lot of uncertainty happening, and when people are uncertain, they kind of pull back on how much money they're putting out there. So there's, I think there's just a lot going on right now. Now, also, let's talk about in, ca in case we have novices out there, and we probably do. Uh, <laughs> what, what's a bear market? What's a bull market? What, so what, what's a bear market? Yeah, so your bear market is when the uh, benchmark index falls uh, twenty percent from a from a recent high. So really, right now, if you're just looking at like a year to date, uh, the Nasdaq's the only thing in a bear market right now. Uh, a correction, a market correction, is when a market falls somewhere like ten to eleven percent between up to about nineteen percent from recent highs. So we're looking into we're looking at correction territory for the Dow and for the S and P five hundred. Uh, but really, right as of like the moment of this recording, which things are so volatile right now. Who knows? It's been up a thousand one day and down a thousand another day. Um, so it, it's it's hard to say. But if you're looking at a year to date situation, the NASDAQ so far is the only thing that's truly in bear market territory. Yeah, down 27%. Yeah. And that's huge. Um, now, obviously, we need to what we want to know is, is it going to get worse? Um, <laughs> There's no way we can know that. But you know what? Let me start. Let's start this conversation off with something that happened to me just a couple of hours ago. A good friend of mine texted me and said, my mother just opened her 401k statement and her mother's elderly and she's not wealthy. And her investments, as you might imagine, have gone down a lot. And she's alarmed. She doesn't understand the stock market. You know, she just put money in 401k and it looked good. And now it doesn't. And so her, her question to me was, what should I do? I mean, her, her mom wants to sell everything, which is a normal reaction for people who don't understand the stock market and are afraid of losing their life savings and, and when, when they're 65 years old. 
Um, and she, she said, what should I sell everything to our advisor to sell everything? Should we move what she has into what, and what she's in is like half in stocks. Should we move everything in the stock market? So when it recovers, she'll recover her money faster. So what advice do you think I gave her, Miranda? What, what advice would you give to somebody who, and this must be a question a lot of people are asking right now. Um, I'll bet you told so her to, say? I bet you told her to hold steady and just like, uh, try not to sell low, <laughs> like try, try not to panic. Cause I mean, that's the part of the issue, right? When you look at the, the stock market crash that preceded the, you know, that was, that happened during the great recession, I, technically the recession started in 2000, 2007 and the stock market crashed in 2008. But when you look at that, the folks that, um, panicked and sold between 2008 and 2010, uh, when the market was down, they missed out on the huge recovery to follow because now they've lost, they, they locked in their losses and then they missed out on the recovery. And so all my bet is that if you told her to like sell anything, it was just enough cash to get her through what she needs right now and to leave the rest in is, is my guess. <laughs> and you would be correct. I mean, I said, I, I don't know how soon she's going to need this money. If she's going to need it six weeks from now, then, you know, we've got to take some money out. But generally speaking, this is the, not a good time to sell. And, and, you know, another thing, too, this is also a good opportunity to remind ourselves that the stock market went up 20% plus three years in a row. Mm -hmm. uh, and when that happens, of course, you're going to take, have to take a step back when you take two steps forward. It's, life doesn't work that way. The market doesn't, you know, trees don't grow to the sky. <laughs> right. Now, granted, it's really difficult. I mean, my net worth has dropped considerably. Uh, in the last couple of months. And, you know, I bought Apple at a dollar and a half 20 years ago, 23 years ago. Um, and now it went up to 180 and now it's 140. And so right. 40, and I've got thousands of shares. So in other words, my point is I'm watching my net worth go down and it's freaking me out. But I have to remember, this is literally found money, you know? I mean, of course, but once you get an idea that this is how much you're worth, it's hard to open up a statement that shows you're worth less, even though you're still way better off than you were when you began. You're, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So, well, and that's what a lot of people forget, too, is it's like when they're looking at like, oh, my gosh, look at how much it's down like right now. But even with it being down right now, it's still way above what it was 10 years ago. Right. So even being down uh, off a recent high uh, stock market still much higher than it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, you see you see headlines all the time about how uh, Warren Buffett has uh, been going on a buying spree, or at least mm -hmm. him and his crew. Um, so always keep in mind that when you're selling, he's buying your stuff. Yes. I, you I know, you're quote. selling to him, basically. So if he's buying, you shouldn't be selling. Have, okay. Here's what Warren Buffett said. You played right into this. Okay. <laughs> I, make, I make no attempt to forecast the market. My efforts are devoted to finding undervalued securities. So for him, the market doesn't even matter. He's just looking for good deals. Sometimes good those deal, good yeah. deals may occur when the market's high. Sometimes mm -hmm. it may occur when the market's low. Obviously, then we are more likely to find good deals when the market's low. Um, I have a question for you, too. What? Um, so you, got, you just said that the market has been grown by 20% each year, which you made it seem like it was unheard of, the growth. It's unusual to do that three years in a row. Now, I'm sure it's not unheard of. How much of that is just the growth in companies and the growth in their profits? or And how much of that is 
um, everybody's starting to invest, like the amount of human beings that are investing in the stock market? That's a good question. And, you know, and there are some variables here that we need to talk about and what makes markets high and low. And one of the, one of the things that I, one of the benchmarks, the most common benchmark really to gauge stock prices is the price earnings ratio. Um, okay, so that's obviously just the price of a stock divided by how much it earns per share. If the stock's at $100 and it earns $10 per share, its price earnings ratio is 10. Okay, so now the S&P 500 also has a price earnings ratio. So you can apply that formula price earnings to the whole market as well as to an individual company. Traditionally, the stock market trades at about 17 times the Standard Poor's Index PE. Okay, so it trades about 17 times stock market earnings. When a few months ago, when the market was at its peak, it was trading at 30 times earnings. That's right. historically really expensive. Is that attributed to more people well, piling the, into the yes, pool? Yes, I'm, I'm, you're right. I'm trying to circle yeah. back. So now <laughs> I'm going to answer your question. Um, there, there are several f factors why. Yes, when people think that trees grow to the sky and everyone piles in, yes, that happens. That expands that PE. But another thing that expands the PE and is contracting it now is interest rates. When interest rates are really low, nobody can, there's nothing else you can do with your money. So people go into stocks and maybe get dividend stocks or something like that. There's also a discounting mechanism, which you won't bother going into. But generally speaking, when interest rates are very low, P.E. ratios expand. And when interest rates start going back up, they contract. But certainly there's a herd mentality, too, Aaron, to answer your question. Is that, is that what you were asking? Well, I'm trying to get to the point where maybe pre-2020, pre-pandemic, there weren't a whole lot of people putting their money in the stock market. Now we get everybody home, everybody's looking to make money. And now all of a sudden, let's just say, for an example, you've got, you know, 3 million people are now investing in the stock market that never were there before and they're piling all their money in. And now you're saying historically, these PE ratios were like, oh, they're 17, they were 15. But now you have more people into this pile. Does that change that average PE ratio? Now we shouldn't be looking for averages of 17. Now the averages should be 20, 25? Well, and, and, well, yes. I mean, obviously, the more people that are buying, the more it changes the overall price earnings ratio. It's going gonna, it's gonna to elevate it, of course. But generally speaking, now, once, once we understand how the market relates to earnings overall, uh, and even individual companies, what's really important, and I write a column every week in MoneyTalksNews.com about exactly what's going on and what, what I'm doing with my money and blah, blah, blah. And what I'm telling people is, see, what we've had so far... Remember price over earnings, right? So prices have come down. The stock market has fallen. Therefore, prices have come down, which makes that P.E. ratio lower and more appealing. It's gone from 30 to 20, okay? And still a little above its historic average of 17, but way down from the speculative 30 times earnings. Right. Okay, so, the, so prices have come down, making the P.E. more attractive. But what hasn't been reflected yet in the market to a great extent, in my opinion— is the earnings part. In other words, company stocks have come down in price, but their earnings, they're still reflecting the earnings that these companies expected to make this year. Well, if the economy contracts, those earnings are going to be less than they, than they thought they were. So now the earnings could contract, bringing down that PE even further. And this is one reason why I'm not all in on the stock market. In fact, right. I've kept a lot of money on the sides. I have not bought anything yet. I'm going to start buying something soon buying some stock right. soon, but I haven't done Which that Which is yet. also what you just uh, alluded to is also why a lot of people are suggesting recession, right? Yes. Yes. Well, because I mean, as, these, as, as profits of these companies, as people you know, are pulling their money out of the stock market, as profits are coming down, 
companies start looking how to save money because they're not making profits. So now they're going to go to layoffs. And then if that happens, people are already paying high prices. Now you've got a you know a downward spiral yes. of an economy. And, and you know what's interesting too that people I don't think really get to or people don't really grasp that well is that when the Fed is raising interest rates, let, let me back up a step. When the Fed was lowering interest rates, when they made the interest rate zero, that's called a Fed put. In other words, the Fed's going to make sure that asset prices go up because they're afraid of deflation. And the way they do that is they make money so cheap that it's compelling, like a mortgage rate at 3%, or you know these giant companies are borrowing money at 1%. And they make it so appealing that people borrow money and that expands the economy. Okay, and that's, the, that's where we've been since the Great Recession. Okay, yeah. Now, what the Fed has just announced, you know, with, well, they, what they announced in January, the tightening, making interest rates go up, the Fed is literally, their, their whole purpose is to crush demand. In other words, to make things so expensive that companies won't expand. So now they were our ally, and now right. they're our enemy. They're, they're right. literally trying to make these companies less profitable. And that makes a, that's a, that's a, a you know, we're swimming upstream now. We were swimming right. downstream, and we just turned around. Now we're swimming upstream. They're trying to make these companies less profitable. They're trying to keep people from buying houses. About 40% of inflation is directly or indirectly tied to the housing market. So the first thing they can do is make mortgage rates go up so it's harder for people to buy a house. And then those people won't be going to Home Depot to furnish that house, you know? So, or furniture stores or blah, 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 you get the message. Right. So right. we're literally in a scenario now where it's the worst possible investing environment. Does that mean that all stocks go down every day? No, it does not. Because there's always a company that's making money somewhere. Okay, oil companies, for example. I made a ton of money in the oil companies that I have because oil prices are going up. So it's not everything that goes down in any scenario. But it's important for people to remember that as long as the Fed is committed to raising interest rates, that's making the environment for the stock market much, much more difficult. So you have to be cautious. Now, some articles are saying, um, you know, the Fed, the Fed's got like two more 50 basis point rate hikes probably coming down the pike, and then maybe they'll stop right there. And they're saying that that's already put, that's already embedded in the stock market as it is. People have already like sold off with that in mind. But you're saying that the earnings has yet to tell a bigger story right. beyond that. Yeah, because, you know, there, there's two, th the two things that happen when companies announce their earnings every quarter. They say, here's what just happened. Here's how much money we've made the last three months. And here's how much we expect to make the next three months. Now, right. those earnings estimates, um, with some exceptions, have not been reduced. So, it's, and, and remember, what the Fed's doing is trying to make these companies not as profitable, but they, they're, they're trying to keep people from buying as many widgets, you know, or cars right. or houses or whatever it is. And so that's going to make their earnings go down. And so once that's acknowledged, that's why you saw Target um, last yeah. week, it was, fell 30% in a day. Walmart yeah. fell 15% in a day. And that's because they came out with earnings and said, the future doesn't look so bright. And so yeah. uh, Wall Street immediately takes these stocks behind a woodshed. I mean, Target has never fallen 30% in a day, ever. Right. And it did. So yeah. this is a hostile environment. And that's something that's important to remember. That's some, yeah, that's something to actually, that's quite important. I mean, Target's a, what's a 50-year-old company? 60? Oh, well, at right. least. I think it's yeah. more than that. Yeah. Maybe more than that. Yeah. So the, now, what's, what's important too, though, is that when things go on sale, we got to go shopping. 
Now, I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but what I have done, and again, I write a column on this every week, um, I, I'm making a list. Whenever I see a stock that looks interesting, Target, for example. Actually, the one I just did put on my list is uh, Costco, which I've always wanted to own, but it was 600 bucks. Now it's 400. And so I'm like, I've always wanted to own, it's one of the most high quality companies in the United States, I think, and I really want to own it. So it's on my list. So if the stock, if the market falls, I want to, that's something I want to buy. Uh, and, and I also have, I already own Google, but I, that's on my list to buy more of. Um, and um, Amazon I own, but I want to buy more of it. Uh, I wouldn't even mind having more Microsoft. So, I, you know, and I, you, can, you can look at, my, um, at these columns I write and you can see what stocks I own. But this is the time to start thinking about what to buy and have an, alloc- an asset allocation strategy. In other words, I'm going to put $100,000 into the stock market in addition to what I've already got there. I'm just waiting for the right time. But I'm not going to do it all at once. Uh, I'm going to um, put in 10000 of it in June and like that, 10000 a month right. over, the, over 10 months. Or maybe it's 20000 a month over three months, you know, whatever it is. Now's the time to start thinking about that. Uh, and, and it might even be time to put your toes in the water. I mean, there's some deals out there because there's, there's a lot of babies being thrown out with the bathwater. In other yep. words, good quality companies that are going down just because the market's going down. Oh, you know, I just realized we've got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some strategies, what you can do, and whether, you know, now is the time to buy this bottom. Be right back right after this. Okay, so I haven't heard much from you, Miranda, and I think I know why. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us what your strategy is here. Dollar cost averaging. (laughs) That's right, dollar cost averaging into index investments. Uh, Yeah, so, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Yeah, no, so, yeah, that's that's basically uh, what I've been doing is just keeping up with the dollar cost averaging. So on days when it's dropped, then, you know, I just, I'm just getting more shares of the index uh, that I I invest in. But I also, I do keep money on the side um, so that if there is a big enough drop in something that's interesting to me, um, then I can buy it. Um, and I was going to ask you this. Whole, I was going to ask you um, with that plan that you do mm-hmm. when you like. Obviously, you're doing that with whatever the market is doing. But when you do see these drops, do you put in more than your normal average? Yeah. So so yeah. So I do. So if if the drop is far enough, then like because everything's automatic, right? So I have the automatic investing plan. So it just comes out on the same day every week, um, same amount, buying the same same index products. So, so none of that changes. It just stays on automatic. Uh, but I do have extra money off to the side. Like when I get a little extra money for something, you know, like a tax refund, which happened this year for the first time in like 10 years, <laughs> but like, Way to go. yeah. So when I get a tax refund or something, I'll, I'll keep it aside in a nice liquid account. And if something happens, then I can be like, Oh yeah, like let's buy some extra shares of this index fund and bulk up that bulk that up a little bit. Um, I do have a couple of uh, I do actually invest uh, in my health savings account. And so uh, I have a process there where, um, you know, I, I set aside money every month to go into the health savings account, get my tax, my tax deduction. Uh, but then on top of that, um, every, every sp- three or four months, I go in, I check and I see, okay, how much is how much is like, added up um, in the health savings account? Okay, Um, I want to keep about $500 in the in the health savings account, like the 
with the debit card access, the rest of it, I shift into investments. And so right now, um, I'm actually in that part of my cycle. And so I'm looking for some bargains for my health savings. Account so you are portfolio. buying. Here. Yeah. So yeah, so I do put a little extra and and I'm buying a little bit. But like you, I look for a list, I look for bargains, I look and see what's what's dropping. And then I look and see has the index dropped far enough? Um, should I buy? Yeah. And and I did, I did keep a little bit of, um, my state gave me more of a tax refund because like they cut taxes again. And so, um, yeah, my state gave me more of a tax refund than I expected. And so I went ahead and put the overrun, the overage. I bought more crypto, you guys. You bought what? (laughs) I bought more crypto. (laughs) For funsies. Oh, you did? I, I was going to ask you about crypto. Funsies. Yeah. So that's the thing. Because crypto's turned into a I nightmare. Don't think it's, I don't think it's funsies anymore. Oh, it's definitely a nightmare now. And I think, but the crypto I bought is, I was like, so um, this this could be a consolidation period for crypto, like the absolute worst shit coins out there probably gone now like that this yeah, is, this is what kills that. them so this will be a good consolidation and i am interested to see if the blue chip um cryptocurrencies as it were um make it out of this one and so i went ahead and bought um just like a little bit more ethereum um yeah and you know and it's down no and actually i i, I have no pretense whatsoever of knowing what's going on with crypto it could go to a million it could go to zero so what i'm saying now is strictly my own uninformed opinion but i just noticed that um crypto has been really um tied to the nasdaq because yeah. it's like a speculative security uh, and so when the nasdaq goes up it goes up and blah and you know vice versa well today uh it's decoupled uh, as we speak, and you know, not that this matters over the long term, but but as we speak today, the market is up huge, and and Ethereum's down yep. a lot, like six percent. Yep. And I have not seen that happen, so I'm a little concerned. Yeah. About, so and Ethereum is for historical purposes around 1900 right now, 1950 or something like that. Yeah. And so we'll I, see. And I didn't even buy a full uh, ether. I didn't even buy a full one. I literally was just like, well. Because uh, it dipped below 2000 and so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and buy like a quarter of an Ether and call it good. Because um, because I was just like, well, um, a little bit more Ether in there, you know, I can afford to, to put a little bit more in there. And if it recovers, then it just adds to my portfolio and that's fine. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, but- when it comes to crypto, though, you know, like I was I was just pondering, you know, about how I look at stocks, you know, price earnings yeah. ratios, historical, blah, blah, blah. Can't do that with crypto. There no. are no earnings. Right. No, you know, there's nothing to compare. There are no fundamentals here at all. It's all I mean, you might be able to do some technical analysis on it, um, which means looking at past price movements to determine future ones. But I, I, I just have no idea how to gauge this at all. Like I said, I, I've never been in an investment uh, that for years. That I could that I could go to a million dollars or zero, and I have oh, no yeah. idea which one's going to happen. Oh yeah, it's I mean it's, it's just it's just a bizarre thing. Yeah, it's total insanity but, but out there. And uh, do not do crypto unless you're just you've got some money that you're fine just like lighting on fire. Uh, like yeah. anything you're putting in crypto today, it's like you said, it's either going to go to the moon or it's just going to. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got some specific well, Stacey, tips. Of, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what you're talking about buying things that are uh, on the cheap or a good price PE ratio. Where can we go to find? Is there is there a way to search? Like, Absolutely. hey, here's a list of all the stocks that are in within this PE ratio, yeah, and, and their fundamentals there, are great. You, there probably are They're some not, stock screeners you can use, Aaron. But generally speaking, yeah. if you like a stock, here's what I do. Okay, I've got. I'm looking at my list now. I was just. Because one of the things I always try to have a hard time figuring out is you can see those easily, but I don't understand where you find. Okay, so this company may has maybe maybe it has a good PE ratio, but what if this company is is planning on uh, getting a loan for like five hundred, you know, million dollars to upgrade something, which is going to take away from its profits? Like, where do you find this information where the company is in good standing? Well, you just you it? wherever you can. Okay, so and I don't mean to be flippant, but you can go to MSN, you can go to to CNBC, you can go to Market Watch. You, you can there's a million different places you can get stock quotes. Wherever you can get that stock quote, you can probably get some information on the company. Um, in other words, and, and another thing I do, I look, I watch a lot of CNBC, I read a lot of articles, and when something interests me, I'll listen to what other people are saying, but and then I can look at these ratios. And like, for example, I've got my um, stocks that, I'm, that, that are on my list, I'm looking at it right now. So one of them, I've got, okay, let me give you an example of one. I own Meta, which is Facebook. Right. Okay, now, um, and I'm going to give you guys a website you can go to for this. But okay, Facebook is when I wrote this was $190 a share. I don't know what it is right this second. Now, and it was trading at a price earnings ratio of 16. Now, it's not just what the market's doing or what a specific stock is doing. It's what has that stock done in the past? In other words, at what PE ratio does Meta generally or over the years has it traded at? If it, if it usually trades at 30 times earnings, and now it's trading at 16 times earnings. That's a screaming deal, no matter what the market's doing, right? Mm. Okay, so now in, in order to go to find out what the historic PE is, because now CNBC or, or MSN or whatnot, they're not going to give you, they're going to give you the PE now, but they're not going to give you the PE over the last 10 years. If you want to see that, there's a, there's a um, website called Macro Trends, and you can get this information from them too. Free, macrotrends.com. I'm sorry, .net, okay. macrotrends.net. <laughs> Okay. And, and you can you can see the historic PE. So what I did was I'm interested in adding to my Facebook. I've only got 100 shares of it. Think about buying more. Um, so it's trading at 16 times its earnings, which is historically very low because it do, it has traded for 25, 35 times earnings. Now, going back to what you were saying though, Aaron. Now I've got to look at other yeah, things though. because face, now Facebook it's on my is radar. going to invest a bunch of money into Meta. What's that? And I don't know. And Facebook is going to invest a ton of Bingo. money into Meta. Bingo. Thank you. Because that's exactly so, right. If I look at it on a PE ratio, a PE basis, I'm like, oh man, scream and deal. But I know something about Facebook because I'm watching TV and reading articles and blah, blah, blah. And I know they're about to invest $5 billion in building out the web 3.0. And that, that right. can't be very profitable. And the market knows this too. And that's probably why it's trading at this low PE. So the, using these PEs and against historic PEs is a great way to screen. But it's not the end of the story. It's the start of the story. It's chapter one. Right. Now you have to find out, I wonder why that PE is so low. Because often if companies are going to start doing less well in the future, of course their PE is going to come down. Because the E part of the PE is going to get smaller. Right? And so you have to know why. So, so in, in a, and I know a lot of the, most of the people listening to this are doing S&P 500. And there's no problem with that at all. But if right. you are a stock picker like i am then you need to you know get into some of the details and track these things and then make decisions like that 
obviously well, the best- is that is that p is that 16 pe ratio of facebook is that kind of like having the 500 billion dollar uh machine meta already built in to that pe ratio well yes that, that's why the pe ratio is so low aaron because they so know it's already built into so it's built into that new stock yes. price does it still make it a bargain well it makes it yeah i mean it's it's trading at historically low pe but it's not as much if, if hey if it was earnings were growing 30 percent a year this is another way that you gauge stocks um it, if your pe ratio is less than your growth percentage that's a, a good sign. So in other words, my P ratio is 16, but the stocks, but the company's revenue is growing 30% a year. Well, that's excellent. But now, so what we've got to do next with, P, with the reason we, our PE is so low is because we're not going to grow at 30% a year. We might not grow at 10% next year, even though historically, see, when people are paying 30 times earnings for Facebook, it was growing at 50 times, you know, mm. so it, that made it worth it. If it's if it's not going to grow next year, then 16 times earnings may be too much. Does that mm. make sense? So you've got to do a little that more research before you can make a decision on stuff like that. Gotcha. But the easy thing to do is what Miranda does, even though I make fun of her. <laughs> um, investing the same amount, you know, it, dollar cost averaging is one of the only right. mathematical systems proven to be good because it forces you to buy more shares when prices are low, like they are now, and it and it has you buying less shares when prices are high. So obviously doing that every month is a good idea. And you should never stop just because the market yeah. goes down because that's when you're buying the stuff on sale. And yeah. I had another note I was going to share. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Because we're talking really about market timing. And market timing, right. generally speaking, is a dumb idea. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I, yeah, and we talked about this a little bit saying, you know, it's kind of like market timing light where we're like, well... You know, I'm putting more in now that it's going down. Am I going to miss the the bottom, bottom, bottom? Probably. I will probably miss the absolute bottom. Um, but I'm still getting some good deals. I'm still getting a discount. And at least I'm not locking in losses. Yeah. And here's a quote that I put in my notes for today. If you invested in the S&P 500 at the start of the century, near 2000, you'd have earned about 6% a year on average to now. But if you, if you missed out on just 10 days of the last 20 years, you'd have earned 2.44%. So sitting on the sidelines can be a very dangerous thing to do. Trying to pick mm -hmm. a bottom, mm -hmm. done. Right. And, and many pundits have become famous doing that, <laughs> but none have succeeded over the long term. And I could name 10, you know, because sometimes people are right, but they're never, but no one's always right all the time. There are just too many variables. So... Be cautious if you're going to try to pick a bottom. I'm trying to pick a bottom. I'm trying to add to my positions at a lower price. And I see reasons why the market might go lower from here. More interest rate hikes, for example, are coming. Um, but I'm going to start buying pretty soon because yeah, I'm not gonna, nearly I, smart enough to pick the bottom of market. I was going to say some positive things, too. I read an article recently where quite a few technology sectors have been saying that they are over the past halfway through the supply chain bottleneck problems. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to get into all these P ratios and everything, sometimes you could just read a little, read a little thing and go, oh, I guess it's a good direction. Like, um, I just saw a blip on Sony saying that they are going to uh, produce a ton of PS5s, their, their brand new uh, gaming yep. system. That's an indicator of a supply chain uh, po positive. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, when you, those, those little things will add up. And, and uh, so... You know, even though we have a war and we have China who's got their their COVID issues over there, um, 
that the supply chain issue is is one of those things that we've been waiting we've been waiting for. Yep. To go in the reversal. And remember too that the stock market is a discounting mechanism of the future. So right. Sure. One day the war in Ukraine is going to end. One day inflation right. is going to be tamed. One day gas prices are going to come back down. But guess what? The train will have left the station two months before that happens. Don't think you can wait till all these problems are solved and get into the bottom. Because the stock market's going to anticipate that. It's going to start going up way be look, look what it did during the, uh, the, the COVID thing. Right. Uh, it it yeah. crashed, crashed. In like two days, it was down 20%. But then people went, oh, wait a minute, though. COVID's not going to last forever. And we had one of the best bull markets of the century. Yeah. So... You know, be be aware. So don't try to get at the bottom. Put in a little. Don't put in everything. I think it's going to fall farther. I wouldn't put in everything here. But I'm no. not going to be sitting on the sidelines. I've played this game before. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be sitting on the sidelines just in case. And I will remind everybody who listens to this podcast, Stacy has been correct about a I lot of things. I did say the things. market was going to fall. I, I, wrote, I wrote a note a long time ago that Stacy told me, he goes, hey, when, when interest rates rise, people sell their stocks and they put it back into, you know, safe havens and the market you know, it comes down and it's exactly what's happened. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, I said, I'm going to sell everything. And I didn't. <laughs> so now I'm just going to buy more. Before we leave and we do have to quit, I want five specific quick tips for those of you out there keeping, keeping in mind to when, whenever you invest, however you invest. One, have a plan. What are you investing for? What is your time horizon? What are you trying to accomplish? Um, two, think long term. The, the the amount of money, it's, the, it's easy to make money in the stock market over time. It's impossible to make it over an hour. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows where the market's going tomorrow. But I'll guarantee you 10 years from now, it's going to be higher. Know what your time horizon is. If you want to be a day trader, God love you. I can't help you. <laughs> um, number three, understand volatility. Understand that when things go up 20% three in three years in a row, that some, the shoe is going to drop. You've got to know that. Don't freak out when that happens. Know that it's going to and be prepared for it. Number four, diversify. Diversify among your investments in the stock market. Diversify among your investments, period. If you've got a lot in the stock market, how about some real estate? Look around. Understand what different investments are. And we have podcasts on that. And finally, number five, expect to be wrong. You will be. I've made so many mistakes in the stock market. You know, uh, Peter Lynch, he was a famous investor. He used to run the Fidelity Magellan Fund. He said, um, I'm happy if I get three stocks that go up out of the 10 that I pick. Because those that go up, they go up a lot. It, it's kind of like you can be the best baseball player in the world by batting 40%. So expect to be wrong on some of your investments because you will be. And cut your losses short and let your profits run. And that's the opposite. Trust me, I used to be a stockbroker. What people do is they go, I can't get broke taking a profit. And they'll take a profit of two points on a stock. And then they won't sell something at a loss because they're going to wait for it to come back and it goes to zero. What you want to do is sell your losers and let your profits, your profitable positions go forever. Mm. That's why I bought Apple at a dollar and a half and I still own it today at $145. So anyway, these are things to keep in mind. And that's, you, any other last notes? Because we're going way over. I think Anybody? that's really, Anybody? no, I think that's really good. I think the important thing that you mentioned is you have that goal you have that plan, um, and 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 that's kind of what keeps me sane when this stuff happens because it's like I have a plan. This X, X dollars are going every month into my travel fund, my retirement, um, all of the you know, and it's all divided up and it all goes in there, same place every month. And then I have a little bit of extra that if I want to do some bargain hunting, I can. But having that plan and those reminders are just 
so important to help you, you know, not panic <laughs> when this happens. Yes. And even though I've been through this, I've been doing this for 40 years and I've been through this many times. And believe me, um, I, I, every now and then I go, oh, my God, what am I doing? You know, I should have sold, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I have to say to myself, self, put your big boy pants on. You know what <laughs> game you were playing. You played it before. You know, you're, you're not going to, these things will come back before you die. And even if they don't, it's not your problem. Right. <laughs> It'll be my wife's problem. <laughs> but See, it's all anyway. good. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. So we are out of time, guys. Do you have any, nothing else, Aaron? Okay, we're out of time. We are oh, not out of topic, though. Dig a little deeper. Find links to, to more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That's Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, tell us. You can email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one final thing. If you like what we do, then do something for us. Subscribe to our podcast. Takes you two seconds. Really helps us, though. So if you like us, don't just sit there. Show us and subscribe and tell your friends, too. I'm Stacy Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. Let's go pick some winners. Let's do it. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We're going to see you right here next time. <laughs> <laughs>